Welcome to the Chris Sarno Ministries Audio Library, and thank you for your support. You are about to listen to a powerful message from Pastor Chris Sarno, and we pray that it brings hope, help, and healing to your life. You guys are doing so good, man. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I've been throwing at you, and man, you guys just been receiving it, man. Matthew 26, let's start reading with verse 36, and we're going to look at this, and then we're going to take some notes. If you don't have a pen and paper, take out your phone. You're okay with me. Some people like doing it pen and paper. Some people like doing the phone. I don't know how you do it. Just get ready. Take some good notes. Appreciate you guys being here this morning, dodging this race. Um, We all got in before it went off. Hallelujah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about it. I went and cars fly by like 100 million miles an hour. I was like, okay, praise the Lord. I get it. Amen. So all you race people, enjoy it. Everybody else dealing with the traffic. All right, praise God. Amen. Matthew 26, I want to read this to you. Um, you could put it in the um, King James. That would be great. That's perfect. Great job up there. I know we had a little technical issue this morning. We resolved. Praise the Lord. Then comes Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane. Now, today is very important for you. See, this week and next week is really foundationally important for you because next week I'm going to be teaching it very slow. I'm going to shoot it for you and let you see it. But you have to understand this. It's now getting about me, this covenant, okay? I had to explain what it is, and then once I explain what it is, now i got to show you what it does for you. I think the next two weeks are the most critical because there's so much to talk about. But then he comes down to, man, You know, Pastor, I got four or five weeks of this, man. Break it down. I'm breaking down the next two weeks. What's this mean for you and me? There's a bunch of stuff. I could tell you about the mingling of the blood. I could tell you about the circumcision of the heart. I could tell you you a million things, and they're probably all good things. But for time's sake, I got to tell you the most important things. So I'm going to tell you the next two weeks the most important things for you. So what I'm going to need you to do is believe what I tell you. Because write this down. You got to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Okay, you got to have faith in the blood of Jesus, okay? It has the power to change your life. Now, some of you did a good job trying to mess your life up, okay? I got news for you. There ain't nothing the blood can't fix, okay? It'll wash you white as snow. Glory to God. We used to sing songs about it, right? What can wash me whole again? Nothing but the blood, amen? What's gonna, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Come on, you know what I mean? We got to talk about the blood. You got to put faith in the blood's power to wash me and cleanse me. And really what you need to put faith in is its ability to create righteousness in your life. You were made the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner saved by grace, okay? I'm not trying to get technical with you. Well, I'm a sin- No, no, you're, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You understand? You're the righteous, and I'm not taking away from what, what the, the, you know, sometimes we want to identify ourselves with sin. I don't need you identifying yourself with sin. You ain't some wretchedy, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Behold, 2 Corinthians, man is born again. He's a new creature in Christ, never been one like you before. You're in Christ. Ain't no sin in Christ, so there ain't no sin in you. You are the body. First Corinthians says, know ye not that you are the body of Christ. What does light have to do with darkness? What does righteousness have to do with nothing? 
calls you light. He calls you righteous. He calls you Christ. Very important. Identification with Christ is the most important thing you could find out because once you believe it, you could start receiving the benefits. Now, here's the news. Today, you're going to find out God cut a covenant with you through Jesus. And you come in on the Jesus side, and he comes in on the God side. Okay? And once you do that, man, this thing's forever, eternally settled forever. So when you leave the building today, there's no reason why any of those promises of God should be too far out of your reach. Because Now listen, I don't want your opinion about you. I don't want your idea about you. I just need you to trust me. Okay? You got to trust what I'm saying to you about the word of God. You got it? And then you can't argue with it because it's the word. So it doesn't make a difference whether you believe it. It's true about you. And if this thing doesn't seem like it's working in certain areas, it's not God's side. It's my side. Once I fix my side, I'm guaranteed results. Okay? It's like a law. So we're going to look at it. And you guys are doing great. You know what I'm saying? So get excited because it's not that, it's not that far out of your reach. It's going to be easy when I'm dead. So you can't really put a demand on what you don't know you have a right to. But once you see the availability to the right to, then you can make a demand on what God said you can have. You guys are doing so good. I'm so excited for you. Because you pull. And that's it. And it, this is what I'm saying. When I'm in here, listen to me. This ain't time to be searching things on your phone. This ain't time to be reading your Bible. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody is. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Please hear me. You need to be so locked in. I'm gonna, can I tell you something? The other day I was listening to something. I was kind of listening to it. The Lord said, you didn't listen to it. Go back and play it again. I said, man. I went and listened to it again. I vegged out again. Like my head just went somewhere with a thought. He said, you didn't listen to it. Play it again. I was in the office. sound like somebody was yelling at me. Roxanne will tell you. Sometimes she'll talk to me, and I'm like, I don't even hear them. Because I got to, he's like, you didn't pay attention. Go back and listen to it again. That's how loud it sounds in my spirit. And God said, he said, there it is. It's a, it's a miracle nugget. I would have missed it, Junior. It was my fault. Him that have ears, let him hear. You got to lock him. You think the devil wants you to hear this stuff? He wants you thinking where you're going to lunch, what you're going to eat. You got to go get it. Uh, food line, wherever that thing is. What's that thing, Sam's? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You got to get in. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about you today. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about what the Bible. I'm talking about your side. My side. My side's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus didn't have to go into. Jesus chose to enter into a covenant with God. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. I thought he's Jesus. He just, I'm telling you, I thought he's Jesus. He's got it. He ain't got to do nothing. He chose to enter into a covenant with God. And the minute he chose to enter into this covenant with God, my whole life changed because of what he chose to do. So today when I get in this, George, I'm telling you, when I get in this thing today, this is all about you. This is all about you. I'm telling you, it's all about you. And when you see you in this thing, Mike, when you see you in this thing, you're going to go, whoa, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. I'm seeing something I didn't see before. So that's why I lift the level. I'm not, please, I love you. I'm never trying. But I know I got to have you locked in and grab it. And you got to believe what I tell you about it, okay? So let's get in there. Look at this, look at this thing. You're doing great.
And I was, I don't know, if you were reading your Bible, don't get mad. I didn't know if anybody was reading your Bible. You look like you were guilty. Were you guilty? You're guilty. You, you look like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Is that God talking to me? Maybe it is. No, I'm just kidding. Matthew 26, 36. I'll just play it. Then it's a good place to read your Bible. You want to know why it's easy to read your Bible here? No, I'm being serious. You want to know why? Because I hold all the interference back. When you're home, you get distracted. When I'm in here, you got an open heaven. You don't want to know why? That's why you don't just go to church. You don't just go to church. I take authority over every demonic activity before you walk in the building. I've had people in the parking lot said, I didn't want to go in the building. There was something going on. I said, yeah, I, will, I don't allow the enemy to do nothing. So when you come in here, it's an open heaven. It's revelation. But you could read. You know what I'm saying. But I don't want you playing Candy Crush in here. That's what I'm saying. I play in words with friends. Play that at home. All right? Just get what I'm saying. Look what he said here. Then comes Jesus. Now, this is where you see, everybody see this. You're doing so good. Just Jesus, just because he was the son of God, still had to enter into covenant with God Almighty. If he doesn't enter into covenant with God, we're doomed. But it had to be free will. So even though he was commissioned to be the Christ, he had to choose the mission of becoming Christ. Is that all right? So that means by choice, he had to choose to submit himself to the mission that was before him. And when you see this, it'll bring a greater understanding to you. Then comes Jesus with them in the place called the Gethsemane. Now, here's what you got to understand, okay? Real slow. Here's the deal. The first place Jesus' blood was ever shed was in Gethsemane. The first time the holy blood of Jesus ever was shed in the earth was in the shedding of Gethsemane. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But without the shedding of blood, there's no covenant agreement. Jesus cut the covenant with God in Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane. With the shedding of his blood, he entered into a legal binding contract. That's why he said, I don't want to drink the cup. Now, what was covenant terminology? You would cut your hand. You would cut your hand. We would actually squeeze the blood. It's kind of gross. But we'd squeeze the blood into a cup, my blood and your blood commingling, and we would each drink it and then pronounce the blessing and the curse. That's how old covenant was done. Like, if you get... um. Like, you know, funny, man, I always use my guys. But if you're like in Africa or some places, I'm not just trying to use my African brothers. God bless you guys. Back in the day when Stanley and Livingston literally went over to Africa, the covenant was actually cut. Missionaries there abroad, they understood that. It's, it's like the, we got gangs. We don't have as much as we have covenant contract agreement. We have gangs. What do you think gangs is all about? That's all a covenant. The mafia is a covenant, for crying out loud. I'm just serious. It's, it is. You, you, you pronounce but when, you know what I mean, you, you blood in, you blood out. I'm not trying to get nobody nervous, but that's, that's the terminology. Like, you're my brother. We're together. That's why I'm telling you now. Spiritually, we're one body. And we ain't, we ain't multiple color. We're one color. We're spirit. I got them in the morning service. I hope to God. To go. Let me tell you something right now. If you got some kind of weird idea in your heart about uh, a race of people or something like that, you need to go have communion with God and fix that thing. Get it under the blood. You ain't going to get it to go away. You go have communion. With God and say, God, I got something in my heart. Don't need to be in my heart. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to help somebody in here. You should not have hatred toward anybody or anything. And if you do, go take communion with God and say, hey, God, I got to put this under the blood. It'll work. Amen? And if people got problems like that. If you got a problem like that, you need to fix it. You understand? Because you spirit. We all spirit. Come on, you better. You guys, you, we know this stuff, and you guys know this stuff. But sometimes people, you know, like, I don't know. I told them in the morning, what I say? Go take communion with God and say, God, I got something in my heart you need to fix. Cut a covenant with God. You start seeing right. I'm telling you, you will. 
Some of you got brought up in the wrong kind of house. You understand that? Thank God, I'll tell you right here now. My mom and dad, God bless them. They, we, they, you show respect. That's what I heard. You, it didn't make no difference, man. They get you. You know what I mean? They were like, you show respect to everybody and everything. I, I didn't grow up like that, so I don't even know. You know, I never grew up. I, I grew up in a metropolitan area, too. Everybody played together. Yeah, they did. Got a like, Jewish kid over here, this kid over here, that over there. I was like, we just, we, I didn't understand any of that stuff. I never, some of you grew up in a house that was jacked up. And you might be got to fix the way you think about stuff. Get it under the blood. I'm hitting something. What's the matter with America? America is whacked. We ain't America. We the church first. Then we American. I'm a Christian. Christians think better and different than Americans. I'm proud to be an American, but before I became American, I was a Christian. Hello, church. And look, don't bury your little problems you got. Go to Jesus and say, fix my heart, Lord. Fix my heart. And get it right. And you're going to take communion. Pastor Chris, what do I do? Go get some crackers out the closet and some grape juice and sit down. I don't care if you use 7-Up for crying out loud. You understand me? Get it under the blood. I got a problem and do it in the convenience of your home because some of you are embarrassed by it. You should be embarrassed by that kind of attitude. You should go get it right. But you didn't know no better until I started talking about it. Get it right. That's not my pastoral advice. That's my pastoral command. Get it right. Some ain't right you thinking like that, and that's okay. I understand sometimes it ain't cool. Just get it right. You ain't got to tell nobody. Just get it right. Some of you, you offended that somebody left you 40 years ago. Get it. Go take communion. Take communion with God and go, God, fix my heart. Some of you, I'm serious. Somebody left you. Some husband left you 30 years ago. Some wife walked out on you. Somebody act like a dipstick. Go put it under the blood. Look, I don't want to get on this bunny trail, but you go take communion with God and tell him and say, God, I got to get in covenant with you about this. This thing's eating up my soul. You know what I'm saying? This This thing's eating up my soul. I got to get it right. And you know what, ladies? If the husband's got the problem, you go take communion with him. Some of you did some stupid stuff. Go take communion. Get your heart right. The Bible says you drink damnation. I mean, at the house... We take communion here, and when I'm back, you know, we do this thing. We'll do it. We'll do it on a Sunday. We'll do it. It'll be most powerful. But go do it at home. Sit there at home. Go get the thing. Man, we'll give you the crackers for crying out loud. Come on. But do it right. Go in there and say, we're taking communion about this. We got, we got some marriage problems. We're going to get it under the blood. You see? Is that okay? That's a little bunny trail, but that's a good trail. You all right? That's a good trail. Get it right, man. Don't walk around like that. Got something in your heart. You know it's there. Fix it. And look, a lot of you are product of your environment. I get it. So uh, you're in a new environment now. You can't be bringing your old bags in your new environment. You didn't get that. You can't be bringing your old bags in a new environment. You think different. We think Bible. You can't hold your opinion in here and go, my opinion. Your opinion does not, not exalt you above the word of God. And I'm smart enough not to let you have an opinion. This is how I feel. You want to know how I feel? Thank God you didn't ask me. Let's go. Then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said to this, sit ye here. Watch this. While I go and pray yonder. Here he goes, right? And watch 37. Then just keep going with me. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And Jesus got a face. And he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. So tarry and stay with me as I go. He went a little further and fell on his faith and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, 
let this cup pass from me. Now, what's that? That's covenant terminology. Well, guys, think of it. Was there a real cup? No, there was no real cup. It was the commitment to cover and covenant me and you. He said, see this cup? There ain't no cup in that garden. It wasn't like Jesus put a you know, Dixie cup in front of him and said, you want to drink this? He started talking covenant terminology. I'm going to give my life for them, and if this cup can pass me by, I'll do it. Watch this. Let this cup pass for me. Nonetheless, or nevertheless, not as I will, as you will. If there ain't no other way to do it, I'll do it. But I'm telling you now, I'd like to get around it if I could. Because I know what it means. Now, write this down for you. It's going to take obedience to walk in covenant. That's the only thing you got to do. Jesus had to obey. Did you get that? He had to obey even though it wasn't easy. And he expects you to hearken diligently unto his voice. Remember that? Now, let me show you where you could be getting this thing, right? Because when we started talking about covenant, is this. Remember, we, we, we talked, it's funny, we talked about Cain and Abel. We were talking about Cain and Abel on Wednesday. And what I said was this. I said, you know, the Bible says that Cain and Abel brought an offering unto, the God, unto God. And the thing that was kind of good about it is that Abel's offering was what? Received by God. But Cain's offering was rejected by God. The Bible says that Cain, right, brought an offering from the ground. Okay, which I don't think was a problem just to be straight with you because other people brought offerings from the ground. But Cain brought an offering from the ground, but Abel brought a blood offering from an animal. I think the problem was, and as you go on, because I didn't clarify it and I want to clarify it because I want you to get a meaning out of this as we get. I really believe this that God wanted the first. And Hebrew tradition says that Abel's offering was the first, but Cain's offering was of a lesser of an offering. It wasn't the first or the first fruit or the best. That's cool with me. But I think God, I mean, it's funny, we talked about God clarified it even more when he talks to Cain, amen, and he says these words. You want to see it? You want to see it? Go, go, go over here. Just keep your hand over. Yeah, right? That's why both services are always different. Isn't that cool? It's like a... Walking Bible disorders. I love you guys, man. I hope you're excited to come see me. I'm excited to come see you. I went to bed early to come see you today. I did. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bed early. They said, what are you doing? It's like 9 o'clock. I said, I got to get up and go to church. Pastor Liz thinks I'm losing it. Pray for her. She's like, where are you going? I said, go to bed. I made the kids go to bed. I said, go to bed. Go to bed. Everybody go to bed now. Go to bed now. They're running around screaming. We want to stay up. I said, I got to be ready for work, church in the morning. Let's go. These people are getting this. So I'm going to bed early to have a date with you on Sunday mornings. Y'all better be dating me and show up. Amen? Say, we dating the pastor. You dating the pastor. You're all my sons. Amen? Pray, yeah, y'all are. Like my kids. Some of you like to turn you in for a different model, but praise the Lord. Uh, not yet. I'm just kidding. You know I love you. Yeah, I love you guys, man. I'll tell you one thing, though. In the morning service, I told them, I said, if we get in a fight, we all fight. I told the whole road, all the guys, I said, I validate you. If you get in trouble, I got you. Carl, Carl one time, we went to go play basketball. You want to hear a funny story? We went to go play basketball. We went like a team thing, you know, we went to play basketball. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And we ain't there eight minutes, and somebody started cussing. I'm like, gee, man, it's a church event. Here we go. And this dude wouldn't stop cussing. And he was getting ornery and getting mean and cussing at the kids. And Carl looked at this dude and straightened his face. Carl goes to this, you about ready to get revelized. <laughs> I said, what did you tell that dude? He said, I told him he's going to get revelized. 
You know, Uncle Carl, he, ain't, he don't say much. That's the dangerous guy, the guy that don't say nothing. Ooh, I'm over there yelling. I'm not dangerous. I can't fight. Ooh, them quiet guys like Mike. Don't, man, you're getting a whole world of hurt. He looked at me and said, you about ready to get revelized, bro. Stop cursing. And the guy shut up. I was like, I don't know where revelized is, but praise God, we're part of revelant, and we ain't got to worry about it. But all those people that try to come at us, they in trouble. Because some of these dudes, they scary, amen? They are scary, amen? So don't get revelized. When you out in traffic, tell them, man, you're going to get revelized. You're going to get one of them, you're going to get all of them, amen? So you're part of relevant, eh? Look at, look at, look at, I might have, is it fixed? I don't know. <laughs> it's coming in and out. Praise the Lord. But I bind it in Jesus' name. It's got to work. Look at Genesis chapter 4, okay? Let's just start with verse 3 so you can see this, okay? Genesis 4 and 3. Look what it says here. Wow, that's a good one. And the Lord. It says, Lord. Ah, yeah. And in the process of time, it came to pass. Hebrew tradition said this. When it says in the process of time, they felt like it was over a period of time. And that's why it wasn't the first or the best. I don't know. You can argue with it any way you want. Should have been quicker. I don't know. Maybe because the ground stood longer. I don't know. They, 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 Hebrew tradition argues the fact that it wasn't the first fruit. That's why he got in trouble. I'm going to show you why I think he got in trouble. It's how he brought it. And he tells on himself, and this is what happens. So I'm going to show you something very important for your life. Because you guys have really submitted your life to God. Smartest thing you can do. You guys are really sharp, man. Because when you submit your life to God like you have, you're in, you're in it, man. You're in the blessing. You really are. That's why even like the young guys, married people, you submitting your marriage to God, boy, that thing will last forever. Your finances, your family, your kids. I mean, look, there's no manual with these kids, guys. I mean, this is like a work in progress, man. I mean, you know, ain't this the God's honest truth? I, I, you bring them home. You know, they should give you more training when you leave the hospital, really. I'm like, they bring in this thing. Remember that little carrier? You guys got like 18 of them. Praise the Lord, right? You got like 18 of those little carriers. Hey, man, I'm just kidding, right? You get, I remember going home, Pastor Liz, they gave me a carrier and the kid was in it. I was like, what the heck do you do now? Where's the manual for this thing? There they all are. Praise the Lord, amen. I don't know. I just, I, I told, you know what I told Lauren? I said, look, I'm not responsible for any of this. I'm telling you right now, the oldest one, I said, I'm not responsible for any of this because I don't know what I'm doing and there ain't no manual. So whatever, whatever I screw up, Jesus got to make up the difference. And it came to pass. You with me? Am I doing all right? All right. Thank God, Jesus. They don't ever grow up, do they? And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Keep going. And Abel, he also brought the firstling of the flock and the fat thereof, and the Lord had to respect in Abel. So maybe it was it needed to be blood. But watch this. This is the part where he tells on himself. Look at verse 5. But in the Cain and his offering, God had no respect. And Cain got mad because of God's correction. And his face actually fell. His countenance fell. And look at God. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you mad? Why is your continents fallen? This is the best, verse 7. If you did well, wouldn't what you've done have been accepted? And if you don't do well, sin's lying at the door. He's trying to teach them. Look at verse 8. And unto thee shall be its desire, and thou shalt rule, or thou shalt rule over him. What's he saying? Sin will, sin will have you. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Cain, you don't get to serve me the way you want to serve me. You serve me the way I told you to serve me. That's the key. It's a hard attitude. I'm going to bring you what I want to bring you, God, and you got to accept it. God said, I'm not accepting nothing 
unless you bring me what I want. Not because I reject you. I'm rejecting what you're bringing me and the way you're bringing it to me. So that means this. Guys, we don't get to serve God the way we want to serve God. We got to serve God the way he said serve God. Is that cool? God's not saying this. He's cool with you. He loves you. He accepts you. He's here for you. But God's saying it like this. Uh, you, you ain't going to just serve me the way you want to serve me and expect me to be God. Amen? You're going to serve me the way I told you to serve me. And when I tell you to do something, do it. And if you don't do it, it's sin. And if you keep acting the way you are, sin's lying at the door and its desire is to take you. So what was the moral of Cain and Abel to me is this. Cain, what? Why? Now, here's the thing about God. Sin's lying at the door. He could have changed his heart. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Change your heart. If God would have come to me and go, that's not the way I want it, guess what you need to do? Change what God wants. Do it the way God wants to do it. Don't be like Cain. Say, I'll bring you what I want to bring you and serve you the way I want to serve you, and that's just the way it's going to go. Well, guess what? It didn't work out good for him, did it? It says he killed Abel, and his blood cried out for justice. That blood's still speaking. Jesus brought mercy through his blood, but I got news for you. Cain was cursed forever. Outside of covenant with God forever. Why? Just not paying attention, following instruction. Go back to Matthew, watch this. Jesus said, if I could let this cup pass me, I will, but I, I don't think I can. So it's not what I will, but thy will be done. I'll do what you want me to do. Look right here when you get to Matthew. It's like whatever we were, but I want you to see this. Here's what happens. And this is very, very important because we're going to see this as we read. Jesus said this. He says, I want to get around it, but if I can't get around it, I'll do what you want me to do. Let this cup. He said, and then I will be done. You can go back up. Just a little bit, so you can see it. He went away again. Jesus asked one time. He didn't get the answer. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't like he was negative. He went back. Look what he says, guys. And he went away again the second time and prayed, oh, my father, this cup. What do you mean cup? Now, remember, with the shedding of the blood, the cups would be what? So what I would do with Mike is I'd go, Mike, let's blood up. I cut me. We get the cup. My blood drips in the cup. And cut you, and you drip your blood in the cup. And this is how a covenant's cut. Grotesque, and we don't do this anymore. But then I drink it, and you drink it, and then we become one. And the minute we become one, we're in covenant. And then we start talking what the blessed, this, the, the, this is demonic right now. The devil tries to twist this stuff. Because that's why Jesus said, life's in the blood. You don't, you, know what I mean? you don't do nothing like that no more. Now, how do you enter into a commitment? Covenant, contract, communion. If we were going to go in business, and he's a Christian and I was a Christian, and we'd sign up legal documents, I'd take communion with him. You see that? That's the way a Christian could do it. Now, you ain't going to take communion with everybody. That's why you can't get in business with everybody, because they ain't going to have the same grounds. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to have the same communication. So this is what happened. You drink it, I drink it. Then we're going to sit there and confess. If I do this, sounds like marriage, don't it? <laughs> Two of you come together, right? And what do you do? What do you do? You exchange rings, vows. What them vows say? The blessing and the curse. In sickness, that's the curse. And in health, that's the blessing. In poverty, that's the curse. In wealth, that's the blessing. Till death do us part. I know some of you have been married eight times. I don't care about all that nonsense. That's the earth. That's the earth. That's okay with me. I don't care. Now you know better. 
Now you know, that's why you go to marriage class. Say, there ain't no way out. We in. And like exchange, we ain't exchanging. And some of you did exchange and have exchange and will exchange. I'm not talking about that. I'm just telling you, sounds like covenant, don't it? Hello? Sounds like covenant, right? So you in a covenant agreement with God. Amen? And here's the problem. You're going to go to the next. Here's the, well, you know, I can't get along with someone. So you know what? You, you, you're going to be the same you in the next one and the one after that. So you better go fix your head sooner or later. Did I just say that? Well, praise be to God. Amen. Go over here. I'm serious. Do you get knowledge? I don't even know how to act. How you, I, had to be, I had to learn how to be a husband. You got to learn how to be a father. You think Jesus had to learn how to love. You don't think you're going to have to learn? Let me say that again for all my charismatic people. Jesus had to learn how to love. He said, I love them with the love you gave me. My father taught me how to love, and I learned how to love you. Lear, love is a learned commodity. It's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It's a learned commodity. You have to learn how to love. Bless them. That, I want to punch them that curse me. I don't want to bless them. But I what? I don't get to do what I want to do. I do and let the love of God constrain me and do what love tells me to do. Okay, watch this. You ready? So keep going. We're in this thing, right? Check this out. Watch this. So go. And he came and found them asleep again. He went away again for heaviness. But he talks about this cup. What is he talking about? I'm sweating great drops of blood, blood being shed, cup to drink. Does that sound like covenant terminology? He said, okay, in obedience. What do you want me to do, God? He came and found them again asleep. And their eyes were savvy. Look at this. Keep going. And he does what? And he left and went away again and prayed third time, saying the same words. What do you think he said? If you could take this cup, take it. But not my will, but thine will be done. That's where Jesus, now watch this. That's where Jesus, now don't you ever forget this. One man in a garden called Adam lost everything. One man named Jesus, in another garden, gained it all back, baby. But cost him his life, but he got it back. Right there was that covenant, I'll do it. I've been designed for it. So now go to Hebrews chapter 6, because Hebrews chapter 6 talks about Abraham and really brings a little bit of this in. So I think we started with like 10 or something like that. You doing all right? Give me like 20 minutes and we'll go. You pulling this thing in? You guys are doing great. Because this is important because this is about you. And once you get this understanding in you, man, nobody could take this from you. Because I'm going to show you how I'm going to show you how you. Man, remember when you went to a wedding? I was telling him in the morning. Remember when you go to a wedding? Somebody sits on the bride's side. Somebody sits on the groom's side. You represent the family. Remember that? You ever do that? You know, you go in there, they ever go somewhere, you don't know where to sit. I'm like, who are we supposed to sit? We just went to one the other day. A couple of was the other day. It was a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know none of these people. You know, my wife drags me into this stuff. You know, I'm like, I don't even know these people. They're like, we got an invitation. You got to go. Then as soon as you get there, you know what you do? I don't know nobody in the whole place besides a couple of people. I'm like, where do we go? I just follow her. We sat with the girl. Why you sit with the girl? We know the girl. I don't even know the dude. You ever do that? You know, I'm like, why we sit where you want to sit? No, you got to sit. You, you, you know, it's almost like you pick a side, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Why is that? Because we, we are representing the family. You understand what I'm saying? You're representing the family. That's a covenant. You, get, you see, Jesus entered into the covenant. Now, watch this. Remember, write this down. God and Jesus entered the covenant, and you got in on the Jesus side. 
Write that down. That's very, very important today. God in Jesus cut a covenant, and you got in on the Jesus side. You didn't get in on the God side. You get in on the Jesus side. That's why God sent Jesus, because he had to get you back to him, and the only way to get you back to him was get you in Jesus, because he got in Jesus. Watch Hebrews 6, okay? Where, where do we start? Verse 10? What was that? I don't even remember. Hebrews 6 and 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. You with me? Watch verse, and what? And have do minister to saints and do minister. Keep going. And what? And we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. You see that? Now watch this. That you be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience. Inherit the promise. So underline that. It's going to take faith, and it's going to take some patience. Are you all right with that? Everybody say patience has to have its perfect work. That means patience is going to be like you got to have to, you know, got to rough it out. All right? Now, here we go. Okay? Now, you got to get, can you look at verse 12 just a little deeper for a minute before we go? But followers of them through faith and two of them working together. Sounds like James, don't it? Faith and patience working together. Nobody likes patience, but patience has to be perfected before you're going to see a promise. And patience doesn't mean wait. Patience means be content. I'm cool with it. It'll come right on time. Watch 13. Now, here you go. Very, very important. Give me, like, a lot of energy for this. For when God made promise to Abraham, this is Genesis 15 all over again. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Now watch this. God wants to come into covenant with who? Abraham. And he looks and goes, Abraham the weaker comes into covenant with God the greater. But now we got a problem. Because when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Watch this. Just get the tag, tag in there. Saying, surely I will bless thee. Covenant terminology. Multiplying on multiplying, he's talking about covenant. So go back up to 13. So God goes like this. I want to make a covenant with man, but my problem is this. If I make it with man, it's going to be tainted because man has sin in him. He accredits Abraham righteousness, but I got news for you. Abraham wasn't righteous in his lineage as much as he needed to be. So God goes, great. If I make it with man, it's going to be tainted because man's bloodline will be in this. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin, not to make a cute Christmas story. He had to be born of a virgin because he had to be a perfect man. There was no other perfect man in the earth. So until Jesus showed up, who came in through Abraham, hello? So basically, Jesus was in Abraham when Abraham made the deal with God. All right? So Jesus is in Abraham because Abraham was the descendant of David. David was the descendant of Abraham. Jesus was in, Ab Jesus was in David. Lineage, we understand. Here's what we all got to know. God's trying to make a covenant with Abraham. He looks at Abraham and goes, if I make this deal with you, you're going to screw it up because you got the human side. The human side is going to mean you can back out. You ready for this? Don't, come on, stay with me. Give me energy. Watch. When you don't keep your side of the covenant, Jesus keeps your side. God's honest truth. Blow you out of the water when you leave here today. 
when you, when you fail on your side, when he, he says, how could he not be faithful unto himself? Because <laughs> you're him. Now, do you see this? This is how the deal went. You understand what I just said? When you're not faithful to your side, Jesus holds up your end of the bargain. That's why he took your place. So now watch this, right? So now Abraham's there going what? Remember when Abraham went to sleep? He splits the sacrifice down the middle. They split the animal carcass. Blood is in the middle. What you would do is you would walk down and walk through. Hello? That's like an aisle in a wedding. They're walking through the covenant terminology, family terminology, changing of the vows, giving of the rings, taking communion. It's all covenant, man. All right, but get this part. So God goes, I got to make a deal, and I got man, and what did he do to Abraham? He put him to sleep. And what did Abraham see in Genesis? He seen what? He said, I see a smoking flame and the burning flame. He said, I see somebody walking through the, it was God and Jesus. Why was it God and Jesus? It's got to be perfect. If man is involved, it's going to be tainted because man had a decision in this thing. Man will back out of it. But once God and Jesus cut it, it was perfect forever. That's why he said you cannot add nor disannul. He said it's finished and perfect forever because God and Jesus cut a perfect covenant. Now come back over here and watch this now. Look at, let's read that scripture again. When God could swear by no great, for when God made a promise to Abraham, the promise, the covenant blessing, that you're going to be my guy, you're the new lineage in the earth, Adam is dead, you're alive, I need a new guy. He went to go cut covenant. He said, great, now what am I going to do? I have no one greater than me because the lesser makes the covenant with the greater. And God went and looked and said, because I can find no greater, I got to swear by myself. So God and Jesus cut the perfect covenant. Look at verse 14. Look what he said here. It's perfect. Saying, surely I will bless thee. Oh, does that sound like Abraham all over again? Blessing, I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. Go into the land, every kind and every tongue. I'm going to send you a land and you'll prosper. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28. Blessed in, blessed thou. Hello? Keep going. Watch. Watch verse 15. And so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He's talking about Abraham. Watch this. 16. talking back to me and you. For men verily swear by the greater... That's what he's saying. We got to make a covenant with the greater. What's the sense of making a covenant with somebody weaker? He's saying, okay. So this is what he said. Now you're in covenant with God. Now watch this. And an oath, go back. No problem. An oath for confirmation is to them an end of the strife. What's that mean? Once I got an agreement, we ain't going to argue no more. See, you've been arguing with God about a deal that he already did. Let me, t let me tell you, when you're not faithful, he makes up the difference for you not being faithful. God and Jesus cut the deal. You weren't there. How did we? It's the blessing of Abraham because Abraham believed God and got us heirhood. I don't know if that's right, but heirhood means what? We need to know what's going on. I come in and got born again. Yeah, I don't want to go to hell, God. Let me in. Father, yeah, in the name of Jesus, I believe, I confess, I got, praise God. Yeah, I'm changed. Praise God. He's like, now you become what? A blessing from who? Abraham. What in the world are you talking about, bro? 
Go slow. This is what happened to you. You came into kingdom. You received Jesus. Now you became an heir according to the promise. What's the promise? The promise that Abraham got when he believed God and got a righteous position based upon what Christ was going to do and basically got us in his covenant with God and Jesus. And oh, yeah, by the way, where are you anyway? I'm in Christ. You ain't in you. You're gone. Hello? So now that I'm in him, I come into covenant agreement based upon his side of the deal, and when I don't hold my end of the bargain, guess what? He still holds his end of the bargain because it's impossible for him to lie. So I didn't get in here. Oh, sound familiar? Well, it's not by the law that a man is made perfect, but by the righteousness which comes by faith in Jesus Christ in the blood of Christ. Write this down. I got to put faith in the blood. You got to put faith in the blood. I'm not coming in here because of my works. My works are filthy rags, but I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not by my works, least any man shall boast, but by the hearing of faith. I get in here because I'm good. Good Christians don't get jack. Righteous Christians get everything. And let me tell you, the revelation you get in today, changes the world forever. Because oh, if I mess up, ain't my side of the bargain he's holding out on? Jesus cut the deal. I'm just walking into benefits. Now, here's my thing. Hearken diligently. Follow him. That's where you got to get instruction for the Holy Ghost. Should I even go there? Should I even do this? Well, how come? Uh, let me tell you. Sometimes, sometimes we got to just listen. Don't be quick sometimes. Be slower to move and quick to listen. All right? To God. I don't know. I, there's things I don't know. I mean, you know, should we do this? Should we buy that? Should we? I don't know. You better ask the Lord. You know what I mean? Watch this. Keep going. You're doing great. You see this? We're in God. Man, you better get this. You will. More abundantly to show the who's the heir of the promise? You are. The immutability of his counsel. So he gave us an oath and he gave us a promise. Write that down. What are the two immutable things? The word and the promise. The word, the oath, the promise, I don't care how you put it together. Just know it was the word. How do I know God's going to keep his end of the bargain? The word and the promise. Confirmed it by an oath. Well, what was that? It's impossible for God to lie. Go. You're going to see this. Two immutable things. The oath and the promise are those two immutable things making an agreement. It is impossible for God to lie. So now, there you go. If you got a problem, take God out of it. It's my side of the bargain. I got to figure out how I got to get it to work. Because God ain't, God ain't going to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So he's keeping his end of the deal. Did you get that? Did you get that? God always keeps his end of the deal. Sometimes you need understanding to find out why things ain't working. That's my side. That's what I do. Is that all right? But he put the stars in the sky, told the water where to stay. He's pretty good on his side. I know, I know that, term, that terminology gets people like, well, Pastor Chris, are you blaming me? I'm not blaming you for nothing. I'm just telling you, you got to know something. You got to find out. Well, Why? If it ain't working, I got to go, why ain't it working? Am I doing my side? After you do your side, get in patience and get in peace. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, a lot of you got, you got people got a free will, man. People will do some silly stuff. I've been saying this for years. Jesus could speak to the wind, it stops. He can speak to the waves, it stops. He speaks to the storm, it stops. He talked to a human, they run the other way. I'm telling you, man, people, you got a free will, man. It's dangerous. Your soul is the most dangerous thing. The devil don't scare me. Your soul scares me. Because your own pride will kill you. 
You know when I learned that? I went to the doctor one time to get a checkup. And I couldn't believe it. I went in there, I just get a checkup. The guy next door, I could hear him through the wall. He's like, you're going to die, man. The guy didn't care. You're going to be puffing on a cigarette. Now, like, I'm, be quiet. Don't, uh, if you smoke, I could care less. I don't think it's good for you. But the guy was puffing on cigarettes, and the guy's like, I can't make you breathe, bro. And I figured it out. Your flesh will kill you if you let it because it don't care. It wants what it wants. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Got people got to, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like your flesh, oh, I don't want to. I want to do what I want to do. No one can tell me what to do. Okay, well, then, you know what I mean? You can't be like that. Your, your soul will kill you. Flesh is dangerous. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever see somebody with an addiction? You get all like, why they addicted? Man, that body's shaking. They want, the body's telling them, I got to get what I got to get. I want what I want. That's body ruled. I can, everybody's blaming the devil. I get your flesh. I'm telling you, you give me your flesh, I'll give you victory. Because your flesh, tell your flesh, shut up. Train it like a hard soldier. Get up. Military train it. That's how you get over it. Now, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not picking on it. If you've had addiction, please understand, I'm compassionate with you. That's why I don't drink and do drugs. They asked me. I went to my doctor the other day. He pressed on my liver. He goes, you don't drink, do you? I said, not a drop. Listen, I ain't picking on you. Mind your business. People in here have a problem with alcohol. Your pastor don't drink. I'm in your cause. I don't smoke dope. Don't look at dirty stuff. Every battle you got, I'm standing there with you. Because I don't want you to ever think it's okay to do it, because it's not. That ain't no conviction, man. You want to do your thing? I ain't got no problem. My doc said that. He's like, he was funny. He made me laugh. He goes, I like drinking wine. I said, drink all the wine you want, doc. I don't know my business. It's not becoming my convictions or not your convictions. But there's people in here that are battling stuff. And I want you to know, I'm with you in your cause. How's that sound? I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. You understand what I just said? But I'm not going to give you an excuse to stay bound. Now, don't worry about what everybody else does. I got buddies in here. They say, Pastor Chris, you mind? I've been to people's house. They sipping back and tipping in. I don't care. None of my business. That ain't, you understand what I'm saying? Listen, you get around an old gumba, he's going to drink wine whether Jesus Christ shows up or not. He said, the one guy told me the one time, he said, it's in the Bible. I said, go for a pop. You'll be all right. Amen. Not my dad. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I said, all right. Hey, cool. I ain't got no problem. But I want you to know some people battling some real battles. Okay? How do we get on that? Covenant. You enter into covenant about everything you want to give up and you take communion about it, God will set you free from it. It's quiet in here. Don't let your convictions get you weirded out. This is not a convicting moment. I'm just trying to tell you, some of you battle stuff that you, look, man, let me tell you something here. Ain't nothing wrong with sociable anything. But listen to me, there's people battling real demons in here. And you're about ready to lose your life jerking around. Because you think you're smoking that dope, nobody knows. God knows. And that stuff you screw up once, you might never come back. Now, I'm telling you, man, now listen, I hit something in here. I felt it in the atmosphere. You got to get rid of some of this. Prescription don't mean it's good. All right, we'll leave this bunny trail alone. That's the problem with me, man. I got radar. It's like you hit it. I'm telling you, people in here can have, and you want us crazy? The battle you got, people in here already fought and won. And if you'd be open and transparent, somebody can help you find victory. Because people in here sitting, probably sitting next to you went through the same pain you're going through and say, help me get out. How'd you do it? I'll tell you right, right now. If you know how to get there and show me how to get there, I'm going to listen to anybody in here. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That's a little bunny trail. I sometimes hit the atmosphere. Let's go here. By two immutable things, and that which it was impossible for God to lie, 
we might have strong consolation unto the end, who have fled refuge to lay hold upon this hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Sure and steadfast, where which we enter in. You hear? You can play. And through the veil. Watch this next one. We're going to go. Whether the forerunner is entering into us, even Jesus is made of what? A high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He said he stands in the office of the priest. Can you go just slide back up? I want you to look at this. Can you go back to 16 just real quick? And we're going to wrap this up. Uh, you want you to just see this. For an oath, for men verily swear by the greater. So when God couldn't swear by nobody, he swore by himself. Watch this. That by two immutable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie forever or prove false or deceive us who have fled refuge might Find the indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed before us. God's word and his oath, in other words, is what God promised and what he vowed. He cannot change. So God gave you a word and a vow to say what? I'm going to perform what I said. You get that? He gave you his word and a vow and said, I gave you my word and now I give you my vow. I'll perform everything I said to you. That's covenant, man. He said, I gave you a word and a vow. By two mutable things which God cannot lie. So what do you do? He said, I, gave, I can't lie, and I gave you my word, and I gave you my vow, and I made an ever, everlasting covenant with you that I'll do my side forever. But I know what you're saying. Pastor, it don't look like it's working. Well, what, what are you doing on your side? I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I'm just trying to get you to say, are you doing your side? Here's what we do. He got his side, you do your side, and then let faith and patience work. Because let me tell you something about Abraham. Even though he believed God, nothing just happened automatically. It says this, when he was fully persuaded that what he promised he was able to perform, Abraham saw it. Remember that? Romans chapter 4. Go, go, to, go, go to Romans chapter 4. We'll wrap it up. You want to see it? 4 and 20 said he staggered not. Romans 4 20. He staggered not at the things through unbelief, but gave glory to God. He had strong consolation. Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is Abraham. Abraham. And being fully persuaded. Who was fully persuaded? Abraham. That what he what? God promised from God. God was able also to perform. You see it? Who? You want to see the most of it? Go to 16. Go slide up to 16 just real quick. It might even be 17, but just go to 16. Not to him that which is of the law, but that which also, yeah, go, 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 to, go to like, go to like the, uh, let me see 15. Just real quick. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Okay? Because the law works wrath for where there is no law, there is no more transgression. So he got rid of the law. You fulfill the law by faith now. The law is done and away with. The law showed us as a schoolmaster. I don't know what happened. I just got really cool in my voice, though. I sound like God. Hallelujah. And. Andre, whatever you did up there, that was really cool because I felt like Luther Vandross just for a minute. I thought I could run. I was going to hit a run like, woo. I was going to go there. And then just when it left, I was going there, Andre. I was this close. I was going to hit it. I get one note every six months. I actually sound decent just for a minute, and then it leaves. And it's one. I feel so good in that because I know it's there. It's like. Oh, and then it's gone. It's, it's junk again. I thought I was there, Andre. Next six months, we got to make one moment happen. It was right around Valentine's Day. It would have been good, you know? 
Just that, the loud green every once in a blue moon. No, it can't happen. Because the law works wrath, there is no law, there's no transgression. 16, this is you guys, watch. Therefore, it is of faith, right, that it might be by grace. So faith and grace work together. Faith and grace. So you got grace to get you faith, and grace is the way we live life. Is that okay? By the grace of God. Okay? So now watch grace. Grace is really important because you got to accept grace. You got to accept righteousness and you got to accept grace. And don't look at your performance. Your performance don't mean jack. Because when you underperform, God overpromises. He does. Because he keeps his end of the deal. When you don't perform your side, it don't make a difference. He can perform his side. That's why it's an eternal covenant. It's not based on you whether it comes to pass. It's based on him. Now, the benefits of it are based on you because you stay under the umbrella of the blessing. Okay, we got to go. Ready? To the end, the promise might be sure to all thy, who that? Who the seed? So this promise came through faith and grace to who? The seed. How'd you get it? I'm the seed. Seed to who? Seed to Abraham. I wasn't even there, were you? Nah, man, we just taking the benefits. Just take all the benefits and go home. Happy. Watch. 17, y'all know this. But not to, well, you can go there, you can go there, go to, go to back in the 16. Not to only which was of the law, because this is good, you got to see it, but then there were also who want faith. Not to them which are of the law, right, but also them which are of the faith of Abraham. That's us, Jew and Gentile, who was the father of us all. Who's the father of us all? Abraham. Remember the Jewish people said, Abraham is our father? Jesus rebuked them, said, you don't even know who your daddy is. Shut your mouth. If you were the children of Abraham, you'd believe what I say about me. Everybody came out of Abraham. We came in through faith. They came in through lineage. That's why I, just, I don't care you're born from the Holy Land. Praise be to God. you got to get born again. Born again people go to heaven, not people with a geographical location. Junior came all the way from Ghana to get saved. Praise be to the Lord. You were saved when you were over there. I met your pastor. Come on, somebody. As it is written, I made thee a father. Y'all know this one. Who, who was made a father of many nations? Abraham. Oh, okay. Before, watch this. Before him whom he believed even God. Stop. Before him whom he believed even God. He believed before. He believed before all of it. He believed what? Jesus. Jesus wasn't even here. He had to believe by faith what was going to happen. And God gave him accredited righteousness because he was going to believe what God did over here. What's your life going to start looking like when you believe God for everything? And God looks down at heaven and goes, hey, what are you doing? I'm believing you, God. Because God ain't, man, let me tell you, you leave this building, leave here with this. God is not my problem. God is not my problem. Look right here. Go. Hey, keep going. Who quickened the dead. All sound familiar? Quickened the dead and call those things that be not as they are. I'm going to call it like I see it. You're going to get in trouble. Call it like you want it to be. Now, you got to know you got access to this stuff, though. It's got to be Bible-based. You can't be like, you know, calling stuff that ain't yours. Watch 18. Are you all right? Keep going. We'll keep going once you see this thing. Who against hope? See how, see how, see how, see how Romans connects with Hebrews? Against hope, he did what? And now what he's saying in Hebrews? Hope is an anchor of the soul. Going mind, will, and emotion. So when your mind, will, and emotions is all over the place, what do I go to? Hope. What's hope? Confident expectation with joyful anticipation. So now I let hope anchor the veil. What was behind the veil? The glory. 
presence, the manifested presence of God. Hope pulls me in. How do I get hope? I get hope from the word. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope. He said against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, which was spoken. Go. Show him. Which was spoken and being, which was spoken, which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. He went on what was spoken. What do you expect me and you to do? We just go on what's been spoken. I don't go by what I see. You can't go by what you see. You look like a barren dead man, bruh. Do I know? That's what I tried to. You know what? Abraham's like, yeah. You know, if you met Abraham on the side of the road, say, you look like a barren dead man. He goes, yeah, that's what I tried to tell God, but God told me something different. You look like a barren dead man. You know what he said? Yeah, I know, but God told me something different, so I just decided to go with God and stop thinking about what I want to think about me. I found what was written. So said I see be. Here we go. Watch. And being not weak in faith, consider not his own body now being dead, nor about he's 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Staggering out the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded. Abraham had to get fully persuaded that what he promised, he was also able to perform God. How did he get full persuasion? Covenant. He went to the covenant. Guys, here it is. You ready? I'm done. You got a covenant with God based upon what Jesus did. It's God and Jesus made a covenant, and you came in on the Jesus side. And where you don't keep your end of the bargain he made up because he is a mediator in the high priest, you want to see something crazy? I'm gonna, I didn't talk about this in the morning service, but I'll give it to you guys because you come, you pull in. That's why we needed the blood. Because the blood that used to cover, I don't want to hear remitted. You stop talking about yourself. And you tell me you're a sinner, I'm going to smack you in the loving sort of way. You ain't no, stop this sinner saved by grace business. You've been made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I understand where you were positionally, but right now you're in a new position. You start talking about where you are, not where you've been. Don't tell me you've been atoned. I don't want to hear atoned. Atoned means covered, like painted on a wall. I'm talking about annihilated sin once and for all. Now, let me tell you where this thing. Now, why do I, but what I tell you, you got to have faith. We're going home. You got to have faith in the blood. Let me tell you why. You ready for this? Now, stay with me. That blood, Jesus, remember, was lifting Mary, came to touch me. He said, don't touch me. I'm not done. I got a brain. He said, I show up to you as flesh and blown, but not as blood, because I'm going to take my blood. And Jesus went up as an eternal sacrifice once and for all. He went to the mercy seat, and he called it the throne of grace, and he poured out his blood on the mercy seat of heaven of the Old Testament, which is now the New Testament throne of grace. And the Bible says, when you have a time of need, come to the throne of grace, and God will give to you liberally whatever you need. Watch this. So we, get this, get this, get this. Give me three minutes. Give me three minutes. Stay with me. So we jacked up. I'm jacked up. If you think you ain't jacked up, you lie. And that makes you jacked up. So we're jacked up. You know what I'm saying? We jacked up. You jacked up. I know most of you. You all jacked. Some of you really jacked up. All right? So you jacked up. Okay? You know what I mean by jacked up? You ain't perfect, bro. I know some of you. Okay? So I, I'm Patrick. I ain't even picking on you. Be quiet. I'm, I'm going to say right here, this is the mercy seat of heaven, okay? And Jesus went up there. I spilled water all over this place almost if I want to, but it's not, not because I'm being rude, but I'm just trying to get you to get everybody. But, yeah, let's do it a little bit. It'll dry. It's water. Jesus went like this. Here's my blood. Here's my blood. He went up there. He said, Mary, don't you touch me, Mary, because I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet, Mary. He said, Mary, I ain't done yet. So he takes his blood. 
He got a book. I don't know. He put it in the basin. I don't know what he did. Obviously, yeah, he doesn't touch it. He said, I got to go ahead and throw in the grave because they jacked up. He went to the mercy seat, spilled blood all over the place. Said, all right, done. I'm not trying to be rude. That'll dry. Right? Done. Now, I'm giving you a visual. You'll never forget it. And now here I am, jacked up Sarno, living life. But now I'm righteous because of what he did, not what I did, but I don't act righteous. I act like a dig dong sometimes. I say stuff I'm not supposed to say. I get mad at God. I don't even agree with some of the stuff he says sometimes. And I'll tell you some of the stuff he does, I do not agree with me. I have extensive conversations about it. I'm open book. I'm transparent, man. I ain't hiding nothing. I would ask God some questions. Why they die when they were supposed to live? Why this, God? Why that, God? I don't have everything answered. I don't know nothing. I'm jacked up. Remember I told you? So now here I go as jacked up me, living life. But God called me righteous. So now I'm in a fight with myself. Paul said it best in Romans chapter 7. He said, I don't know. The things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I don't want to say, I say. The things I want to say, I can't say. I'm a wretched, jacked up man. But he said, that's an unregenerated man. And in Romans 8 and 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, I'm cool. So here's jacked up Sarno, just doing my thing. And here's what happens. I act like a clown sometimes. And I get out of line sometimes. And I say some stuff and do some stuff that I should not do that doesn't look like my covenant agreement. And the minute me and you step out of line, the Bible says we got a mediator. Seated at the right hand of the Father, mediating his covenant. Okay? Now watch this, right? And the Bible said the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So the minute my life don't look like it lines up, here comes old split foot over here telling me, God, look, look at your boy Sarno. Look at your boy Sarno. Look at him. He acting a fool. Look at your boy Sarno. He yelling in traffic. He almost cussed. I look at your boy Sarno. Look at him. He mad at the people. Blah, blah, blah. And Jesus goes, oh, yeah. I, I see it. But the Bible says that the mediator, the mediator stands and mediates the covenant. So he enforces the covenant. So the minute the accuser comes with all this nonsense, Jesus sits there like the mediator says, let's go to the basin. Before you call him out, let's go to the basin. Because you better remember something. The Bible says Abel's blood still speaks. Why is the life in the blood? Because there's a voice in the blood. And Abel's blood still speaks for vengeance. Because it had to be vindicated what happened to him through the murder. But I got news for you. Jesus was murdered. You better pay attention. They stuck him up on a cross and murdered him. And he said, you'll be with me today in paradise if you can forgive. He was an overcomer of the murder of mankind. And he became the justifier and the justification of man, not based on works, but based on blood. The minute I slip, that blood still speaks. It says, oh, no, I'm sorry. He's righteous. I'm sorry. She's redeemed. I'm sorry. Their blood washed blood. Blood bought, blood cleansed, eternally forgiven forever, and it ain't fair. This ain't fair, but it's a fact. It ain't fair, but it's a fact. Stand on your feet and say it. It ain't fair, but it's a fact. It ain't fair, but it's a fact. It ain't fair, but it's a fact. I'm righteous, and I'm not righteous by works. I'm righteous by blood. I'm by blood bought, blood washed, blood redeemed. 
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Chris Sarno. If you would like to learn more about Chris Sarno Ministries, we invite you to join us today at chrissarno.tv.